Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com There are moments in life that you'll never forget. Memories you'll pass on to your children and they'll pass on to theirs. They'll be talked about when friends come together as myth, lore, and legend. These are Tales from the Tailgate. Alright guys, welcome back to another Tales from the Tailgate. We've got some internal work going on on this one. For the first time, you guys get to sit down and hear the mastermind behind the theory of this show. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy Trev. Trev, how are you? I'm doing well, Steve. How are things, buddy? I'm going good. I'm just sitting here trying to figure out, you know, how is this going to work? Are you just going to have to refer to me as just Steve or Steve? Because this could get confusing because... Our guest. Well, we have is, Stephen and Steve. Stephen and Steve. Th- there you, you know? go. Yeah, because our guest is Steve Mardick. That's so, right. We call him Madman Mardick here there, on there the Outdoor go. Drive. So just call him the Madman. That'll the keep mad people man. from getting mad confused. Madman Mardick. What's up, Madman Mardick? How are you, buddy? Awesome. How are you guys? We're doing good, man. I think that you're actually the first one with the in-house studio live. Live, man. That's pretty cool. And it's the Tales for the Tailgate. What's better than that, right? How good is that intro? Insane. Steven did a phenomenal yeah. job with that one. Took a lot of time to figure out how to not sound so goofy. Yeah, but that's because you think that you sound goofy because it's your voice. But in all reality, <laughs> that's not the truth by any means. Hey. I remember the first time you, you sent me the sneak peek of that. I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. <laughs> hey, man, we're just trying it's, to make it, your vision come to life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a lot of you guys might, may or may not know, but Madman Mardik was was the mastermind behind Tales from the Tailgate. Um, when Stephen had came to me and was like, "Hey, man, there's this. You should probably do this by." Well, let Stephen kind of go into it. What what did or Steve? What um? <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Um, why don't you tell us what your envision of Tales from the Tailgate was? I just really like hunting stories. I listen to a lot of podcasts, mostly hunting podcasts, and the best ones are always a kill story, you know? And it doesn't matter who's, you just had a buddy here when I got here dropping off a deer. Mm -hmm. I can sit there and listen to anybody tell a story about their kill. It's just, you know? I think that it's it's a crazy thing because, like, my business is all about, hunting stories because people come in to drop off their deer, whether it's a button buck or it's a 160 incher, right. that story constantly. And I talk about it on the podcast in the past, like last season with just like, it's so cool to hear everybody's story and what it really is all about. And I know like in the past couple of weeks, it's all been about camaraderie and deer camp and deer stories. And that's kind of where this all came from because you like to hear deer stories right. and you just kind of gave us that, you know, that 
that oomph to try and do something like this. And we kind of took it to a whole new level because you were like, well, you got to do something during rut so guys can hear it. And we're like, no, we need to do this all season long. Right. Somebody shooting bucks to ducks to fish to whatever. That's the problem with a lot of podcasts is they start cranking out these kill stories January, February, March, you know, by the time their schedule lines up. And you get all jacked up hearing these hunting stories. We still have six, seven, eight months before deer season starts. Like I want to hear it. I want to hear a story on Friday to get me pumped up for Saturday morning, you know? Right. No. And that's, I mean, look at it now. It's now we have a 365 day story, outdoor story, I guess. Right. 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 So how's your season been, man? I'm tired. grind i mean a grind physically and mentally exhausting you know i mean you kicked it off going pretty hard hard really hard yeah well i'm not even harder i'm usually not aggressive early season i kind of ease in i don't go too crazy um i'm terrible at getting on early season deer and getting them you know real dialed in and so I, I don't really get aggressive. I kind of, you know, lay back and I let the deer tell me when they want to get killed. I don't, I usually don't try to force it until this year. You know, I dove into a little bit more public. Um, I actually hunted opening day of archery season for the first time in a long time. And it, it's hard, man. If you're not on them, on them, it's, you're not even in the game, you know? Because they're so they're so they're within spots within spots early season. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, is really what it is. I mean, especially being that food to bedding, food to bedding. If right. you're not in that transitional area, you're not going to get on those deer. So kind of take us through what happened, man, kind of through your season and your grind. And then uh, we'll lead right into your tail. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I went pretty hard early in the season. We opened September 15th. So I hunted a little public. And uh, this is my first year in the saddle, too. So opening day of uh, deer season, I'm in the saddle. So that was different. And I think maybe that's why I kind of went a little harder because I wanted to, I wanted you to get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, it's like something new. Let, let, let's get the kinks out as soon as we can, you know. Um, I did. Um, I got on a pretty decent deer four or five days into the season, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Had had a good encounter at 80 yards. Um, just it didn't work out. It's bow hunting, you know. And after that day, the wind went south for like 10 days straight. Remember that trip? Yeah, oh yeah. And I I I just couldn't go in there. There's no way possible south wind would work. Um, so I just had to leave them alone, and it was killing me, man. I wanted to get in there and hunt that deer again, and I just couldn't. So. By the time the weather finally started to cooperate, um, Ohio was coming quick. Ohio came quick because I went what one week? Yeah, about week one week after, after you. After us, yep. And Ohio sucks too. If anyone's thinking about going to Ohio, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Go to Kentucky. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, Ohio was awesome. I had fun. It's it's different. We're, I was in hill country. And yeah, it's tough. There's a lot of guys out there. Everywhere we went, there was a truck parked. I think it was exceptional this year. <sighs> yeah, because of you guys talking about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had that type of impact on that state. 
But, um, you know, I knew it was going to be risky going to Ohio. I don't regret going, but I went the second week in November. That's my favorite week to hunt. So now I'm driving 11 hours to hunt ground. I've never stepped foot on, never scouted. Nothing, I don't know nothing about it. And it's the best week of the year. <clears throat> so didn't get anything in Ohio. Had fun, got on deer. You know, uh, my buddy Henry, he was hunting with us. He actually shot his biggest buck there. So Which was, is coming soon. We're yeah, gonna have a, you got to get him on there. Yeah, that was, that was a will. good story. I Listen. I drug that kid through boot camp. <laughs> I put him through hell, hell. I knew and he you was know what? That anyways, he loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. We had a blast. So um, I came home from Ohio on I think the 14th. I did not hunt the fifth. There, at one point this year, I think I hunted 20 out of 22 days straight. Who? Oh yeah, I drove home from Ohio on the 14th. I didn't hunt the 15th. And uh, tried to get back in the swing of things at home. I was seeing deer. I had no problem getting on deer, but we don't have big deer here, per se. You know, I'm not blessed with genetics, but I did want to hold out for mature deer, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing deer and passing deer, and I was just blowing Travis Snapchat up with deer every day. Just passing deer, passing deer, passing deer, passing deer. And um, I didn't think it was going to happen. And I was okay with that. I made the commitment at the beginning of the year. If I don't shoot a deer this year or don't shoot a buck, I'm okay with that. Because I usually shoot a buck every year of some sort, you know. And I'm like, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You set your standard. You got you to gotta live by it, you know. So um, I had one deer showing up pretty regularly. His name is Chuck. Um, he's a three-year-old. But he's a pretty good three-year-old. And uh, he broke off an entire main beam, just one side completely gone. And once that happened, I was like, Chuck's off. definitely, definitely not getting killed this year, you know? And then he shows around every oh, single day. Every day. I was like, yeah, every day. Every yep. day. It's he like he saying- knew. I actually had him in the crosshairs, uh, what was it, the day after Thanksgiving at like 50 yards. And he's just standing there, and I'm like, should I just do this now and fill this buck tag? And I'm like, <laughs> just go, Chuck. Just go away before I change my mind. Please just go away, you know? Um, there was one buck in particular that I had on camera. I hadn't seen him since, I think, August. I'll have to go back and look at the trail cameras. Um, the first time I saw this deer was June 2019. Um, velvet pictures. All he has is a frame, but he had this big cut in his ear. And I didn't think, but it's not really a frame though. It was like just the beam. Yeah. It was just the beams. Yeah. Not even past his ears at that point. Yeah. Maybe just get into his ears. Mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it. Excuse me. Until I think it was November, November 8th, 19. I got a picture of this deer and, uh, just a huge body, huge body with this little scrubby rack. And I noticed one of his ears was a little messed up. And then it dawned on me, wait a second, I remember that ear. So I went back, I save all my pictures. I'm like a freak when it comes to pictures. I have SD cards, piles of them. I save every trail camera picture I have. So I start going back and I'm like, no shit, that's that same deer with that cut ear. And uh, 
again, he he wasn't a shooter in 19. It was a little rat, scrubby rack. But um, that was that. And I ended up actually, I think it was opening day of rifle season. That was the first buck I saw. I just sent that video last night. Mm-hmm. It was that same buck. Um, so fast forward to 2020. Here's this book that I named Bruiser again. Again, he wasn't a shooter, terrible rack, terrible genetics, missing brow tines and everything. Um, he got the free pass again. So now we get into 2020. No, that was 20, 2020 was last year. Now 2021, August, here's Bruiser shows up again. Cut in the ear, missing brow tine, but he's, he's nice and wide. He's got, uh, he's got good mass. And then he just disappeared. Like he wasn't even on my radar anymore, but I knew he was around for the most part. So, so you only had a picture of him in the beginning of the season. Yeah. I haven't seen him since he shed velvet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was not nowhere to be found. Um, so, uh, the morning that I actually shot him, I wasn't thinking he was going to be around. I was just getting in my stand like normal. And, um, it was, it would have been my last day to rifle hunt. My tag was going to expire Tuesday. I wasn't going to be able to hunt Monday or Tuesday. So I was going to either eat a tag or shoot a doe, just put another doe in the freezer, go back to buck hunting with the bow. And the only deer I saw that day was bruiser. Here he comes straight down, cruising down the edge of the thick stuff. What did you think when you saw him coming? Well, at first, when I saw him, you know, he's got, a, he's got a big body. So I knew he was a shooter right away. And he had two antlers. So I'm like, well, it's not Chuck. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's good. And I'm like, so I. That's you know, good. Yeah. Because Chuck wouldn't leave me alone, man. He just would. It's like, he knows. Like, so I get, I get 25 Snapchats of Chuck yeah. a week. Yeah. He's like the little mascot of the hill, you know. So, um. Clearly a shooter, mature deer. I get the scope up, shooter, make the shot. He goes into the thick stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it have been bruiser. Like, who else? It's either a new buck or, it's, you know, it's bruiser. So um, made a couple calls. Called The first person I text was my dad. Buck down. He says, good one. I was like, pretty sure. I think it's that one with the cut in his ear. And uh, got down, and I was like, Jesus, finally. I mean, it was December 4th, I think. I think the last time it took me to December to shoot a buck was, I don't know how long, you know? So it was, I was relieved, man. Relieved. Like, it was like all this months of work and, you know, sleep deprived and just. And you shot him with the rifle. Yeah, I did shoot him so with the So you rifle. knew right away yeah, that for, it was. Hey, so for all you guys that like DIY, public land. You know, bow hunting, getting in the kayak, going seven miles down the Whitewater Rapids, and <laughs> taking your e-bike over the hill. This story is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> this, this story is not cool in 2021. This is so 2015, you know. But and it was a ladder stand. It was, nothing about this story was cool, you know. But I disagree. So it was everything but, that we make fun of. No. I don't care. <laughs> no, it's, it's one of those things. You went out and did it how the everyday typical person does it. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I love bow hunting. It's, you know, if I had, had to choose, that, there's nothing better than that. But rifle hunting to me is the pastime. Like, oh, op- opening day is open day of rifle season, not September 15th. You That's know? right. That's just how I grew up, you know? I think that it's, I think it's absolutely hilarious that you went 100% mobile, started hunting public <laughs> land, hunted your ass off from start till you shooting one with you shooting bruiser. Yeah. And, the, but you shot bruiser with a rifle from the ladder stand on your private property oh, yeah. after you had just completely and utterly gone through the whole entire season in that whole um, mobile, like, Hardcore e-bike type. Oh yeah, well, no e-bike for me. But <laughs> hey, one, might as well. But one thing I'll say: Davy Crockett never shot anything with a bow. Just saying. I'm sure. Listen, I know it's the tails for the tailgate, but I'm gonna crack into this really quick and really easy. We had. I was on the phone with Trevor from Rack Bracket last night, and he goes, "Listen, he goes, you know what this industry needs? Honestly, is another Fred Eichler." <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Just guys true. shooting them with guns, doing doing the do. You know what I'm saying? I know I know it's a tail for a tailgate, but nah, for, I just had to bring that up. We're taking us wherever we want to take it tonight. You got you got the madman in the studio tonight. Well, and, and that's you got a point though. Hunting, yeah. especially industry related hunting, and the film and the YouTube and all of that stuff. Everything is trendy. Like you don't want to oh. show it unless it's trendy. You know, it's it's, it's, it's like a freaking insta huntress for video it, it's got to be the newest and the latest and greatest and going deeper with you, the lightest you got thing. it you got it yep. people are embarrassed to show a video of themselves sitting in a freaking ladder stand with a rifle shooting a deer with exclusion well, to the juries they still do it loud and proud any, yeah you talk to anybody like oh check, show somebody the pit hey check out the buck i got oh nice you what get them with use? the bow no i got them with the rifle oh eh. public yep. land no nope. private yep saddle on nope 15 foot ladder stand. Yep. <laughs> it's like, you know, whatever, dude, I got it done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I don't, you know, listen, it, at the end of the day, it's all about me and I, I got tags to fill. And if it's rifle season and I got a rifle tag, I'm on with the rifle. But yep. everybody here right now, what we all started and were built on what? Haunting to hunt, man. Yeah. Just hunting to hunt. Have like fun. no matter what it was. And, and I had a, I had a talk with Salter today and he's like, He's, and he said it, and he was talking about all of us, and including himself, and he's like, listen, the grind has gotten to all of us. Go out there, bro. You guys are killers. Go and kill. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, just go have fun. Like, when you lose that ambition and that fun, bro, just hang it up. And, and a lot of us, all three of us, we've just been on that grind, oh. trying to get film well, and trying so to get this and trying to get that. Like The problem is, in our case is we're on this grind because it's like oh we added this and made it harder we added this and made it harder and then we're doing shit that's so freaking hard that when you do it that dose of freaking dopamine that hits your mind when you get a kill doesn't relate you're not as excited as hey man i'm just gonna go sit out here sip coffee in the stand and shoot whatever walks by and that's where we lose it is we're always chasing that next thrill and I think this is the point in time that everyone needs to draw back and go, you know what? Okay, that's cool. It's trendy. It's useful. But let's just hunt to hunt. Well, the thing is that, you know, like we, the Outdoor Drive added 
the YouTube side and the video side to everything. That's great and fun and dandy, right? I mean, it's cool. But, but God, it makes it hard. We still have, <laughs> but man, we still have this platform that we can talk about. You going and shooting with a rifle, me yeah. hunting with a muzzleloader and killing something. Yeah, your hands aren't you, tied you, to anything. Who cares, man? You know, and it, like I, it that's the way it needs to be, man. Like I think that this season, and I, listen, we're gonna we're gonna have a really cool podcast we have lined up for the end of the season to kind of go over all of this as a whole because it's really been kind of breaking on my mind and, and Marduk doesn't know about this and neither does Steven, but um, it just need to go back to having fun, man. Just because you shot it with a rifle right. out of a, out of a ladder stand doesn't mean crap, man. Like that's what it's all about. That's the foundation that we were all built on. And we've gotten so sucked. All of us got sucked into that whole mobile hunting on public land going hard as we possibly don't, can don't forget to say kayak it's yeah. a key word <laughs> yeah. oh kayak e-bike. if you don't have the kayak you got to have the yeah. e-bike yeah uh, yeah and something about you have to be 60 yards from a buck bed too oh yes yes you know what i mean if you're not 60 yards from a buck bed you're not cool and yeah. a piece of flannel something's got to be flannel <laughs> but what really makes it that dude like i'll tell you this and you know i know that this is steven's tail tales but dude, today when I was, I've never been so excited about a hunt than after I had my hunt today. Literally, dude, I was so excited. I had talked to Salter on the phone because the four of us, we talk all the time. And I talked to Salter today and he's like, bro, he goes, this is the most excited I've ever heard you be all season. And I was like, because I had so much fucking fun. I literally had so much fun, dude. And I didn't even do shit, bro. I shot a coyote, bro. Yeah, but this fucking killer seat, like it was so much fun, and yep. that's what it needs to be, bro. You had fun. That's what you wanted to do. Who cares that it wasn't on public uh, land? You know, like yeah, who cares, bro? So excited! I think you killing a target buck like that in a in a state like this, and I say this all the time: our target deer in this state is like chasing ghosts. It's literally like chasing ghosts, right? Because there's not it's not like well, the, the midwest we have small small parcels small parcels so you got a guy hunting to your north you got a guy hunting to your east you got a guy hunting to your south he my deer don't know the property lines and those guys shoot everything you think they're passing deer like i passed deer? no <laughs> way nope. so it's basically when the season's over it's like check for survivors who made it you know and that's real checking for survivors. Uh, yeah. Because you're hunting. How big is your parcel, your private land where you hunt? 89 home? acres. Yeah. yeah. So 89 acres where you hunt, and then it's abutted by every other parcel yeah. as a hunter. And everybody figured out that I got the best habitat around. So Encroach. all the fence lines have, oh, I got trees. I can see tree stands from my fence. You know what I mean? They, they know they got to be as close to me as possible. So to, to get deer to survive, they're running the gauntlet every year, you know? Especially come rifle season. Oh yeah, yep. Didn't not a lot of people bow hunt up there. Um, I don't know. I know it's. I don't really know because I don't really talk to. I only talk right. to one one neighboring hunter, you know. And you know, I hear gunshots. You don't hear a bow shot. You know right, what I mean? So you don't know if they're in there or not. You know. But I think that it's an achievement, bro. I don't care what it is. That it's a straight achievement to be able to shoot a target deer that you've been now. He's made it through the gauntlet of how many years? And he's still alive. Yeah. Like he's a mature buck. Like, and I think that that's one thing here, definitely for the East coast is to shoot a mature deer. 
doesn't matter the size of the antlers. It's well, a fact what, of shooting them. What, what was it that what was that text I sent to you guys after I killed him? It doesn't matter if he's 80 inches or 200 inches. He's mature, and mature the mature deer is going to do what mature deer do. They're going to act the same. Yep. Well, and know? that's that's the thing, and that's a valid point because seeing a mature deer out here in some of these states is the equivalent of seeing a 200 inch deer. They right. just don't exist mm-hmm. unless you either are lucky or you put in a lot of time. And and honestly, with mature deer chasing those mature deer, even if you have them nocturnal in your in your hunting area you're going to hit a boundary line before you can get on them in daylight. Exactly. So like, so for us, like seeing a deer come in when he's in at 10, nine o'clock, I can't go 400 yards and try and get into his daylight. You're stuck there, bro. And you're just, and, and Steven talks to me about it all the time. He's like, you need to hunt him where he wants to be, not where you want him to be. Yeah. That's a big thing for me. Too many guys, They've got this vision in their head that they want to kill this deer in a particular area. Well, that deer might not want to be where you want him to be when you want him to be there. You you have to figure out where that deer wants to be, and you got to kill him where he wants to be. You know what I mean? A lot of people get that mindset. A lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm particularly in that. So right. is so is um Higgins is like that also. Yeah, he gets his. Boy, he gets, yeah, he gets his mindset. Morning, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, that's just the way that it goes, man. It's just the I way th- it goes. I think people have this uh, vision in their head. They like pretty woods, you know. I like ugly woods. I want it thick. I want nasty briars. The the shit that nobody wants to hunt. That's where you're gonna get your best encounters with mature deer because they they're not stupid. They're gonna they're, they're gonna uh, hang tight to cover. And I think a lot of guys fall into that trap where they're, you know, open hardwoods with beautiful oak trees and all this stuff where you can see, I can see a hundred yards through the woods and I got my rifle and it, and it looks good on paper, but you're better off where you can see 20 yards. Cause that's where, that's where, you know, that's where a big buck wants to be in the daylight. You know, people fall into the trap of uh, chasing trail camera pictures of a buck that's showing up at one o'clock in the morning every day. And it's like, Dude, he's not going to be there in the middle of the day. He's just not, you know. Maybe a couple days out of the year during the rut, you'll catch him doing something stupid. But if you're really going to grind, you got to be near that thick stuff, you know, especially the downwind side, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's where you killed Bruzy. Yeah, 100%. So we were talking a little bit before the show started. Um, This particular property has a 10, it's a 10-acre clear cut. It's probably eight years old now. Uh, it's super thick. You, it's impenetrable. You can't, you couldn't walk through it if you tried. And we have north south winds for the most part, northwest in this time of year, south in, in the, uh, you know, if we get a warm front or whatever. I only hunt the downwind side. So I, I check the wind. If we have a north wind, I hunt the south side. If we have a south wind, I hunt the north side. And on that particular day, it was like a west southwest wind, which is, absolutely perfect kind of gives the deer quartering wind but i'm still on the downwind side and it just it worked out perfect because he comes cruising through wind in his face with that west winds in his face but he's also scent checking that whole 10 acre thick spot being on on that side and i mean 
it took me till December 4th. But if you put in the time hunting the downwind side of that thick stuff, it's only a matter of time you're going to have encounters, you know. And I had encounters, just not with the deer that I mm-hmm. I wanted to have encounters with. It, it was just passing deer, passing deer, passing deer, passing deer, until finally the one that I, I wanted showed up. And then made it happen. Made it happen. There's nothing wrong with that. No. You know, it's funny, though, because the first time we talked about these tales from the tailgate, you text me and you're like, well, hurry up and kill something so you can do one. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I didn't think of that. Like, I probably am going to have to do one of these, you know? So I'm like, all right. You know, I like I said before, you know, I do pretty good for myself. I, I kill buck consistently every year. So I'm like, you know what? It's probably inevitable. I'm going to have to sit down and do a tails from the tailgate. I didn't think it was going to be mid-December by the time I was going to do one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, well, I was right. on... <laughs> I was on you and Salter and I was like, boys, let's go. Like, let's go time to do a tails for the tailgate. And, and you're like, cause you had shot a doe and I was like, all right, dude, now it's time. You killed something. Blood's on the ground. You're going to do one. And he goes, bro, I'm not doing one on my doe. You have to, can you at least give me to the weekend? To like- <laughs> that is I think it was Wednesday, the Wednesday before Trevor texts me, you want to do a tails? I'm like, for what? Your dough, or it was both of my doughs. And I was like, dude, I couldn't spin those stories good if I tried. Like, I got my stand, a fat dough came by, and I took her and put her in the freezer, you know? And he's like, damn. He's like, I need somebody. And I was like, I'll shoot something this weekend that'll be worth it. And it was, what, four days later? Yeah. Well, it's not that I needed somebody. I just wanted you to be on it for Tales of the Tailgate. Right. Season's yeah. almost over, and bro. Let's go. that. I'm calling out Salter. You're you're up, buddy. You're not gonna avoid this anymore. No, he's down. He's down. He's in, man. He's in. I know he is. I and, like busting on and him. And I'll and I'll I mean no better time than now, but so we'll have you do this Tales for the Tailgate. This is yours. Mardik will do I mean um Salter will do his. And then we have the game plan of doing an end of the season wrap up podcast for both with both of you guys um actually here that's gonna be fun yeah yeah so i figured that would be kind of cool and different right we don't have one so we'll just do the whole um outdoor drive crew as a close-up season thing because we've never done that before so that'll be fun those are the those are the best listen i listen i've listened to every single what, what are you on uh episode 1016 1016 <laughs> 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 Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to every single one and eh, they're all good. I'm not knocking anything, but the bullshit sessions are the best podcasts always, you know? Agreed. They're, they're the most, they're most entertaining to me. I love them. Well, you, know? you, you get the raw, real off the hip reality right. from everybody in the room at that moment. Yeah. Just fun. Let it loose. Yeah. It's a good time for sure. So we still got, what do you got left, Trev? We got two, three weeks left of the season. Yeah. The grind's not over. I want to sleep, man. Yeah. I was going to ask, what are you going to do for the rest of the season? I honestly, so I took three weeks off this year. Everyone mm-hmm. thought it was, I was crazy, but I was off work the 6th of November and I did not go back till the 29th of November. Nice. Um, yeah. It was awesome. It was great. You know, a week of that was obviously in Ohio. Um, 
so now I'm back to work. So now I'm a weekend warrior, which, you know, kind of sucks, but it is what it is. So I pretty much only have this weekend and the following weekend, the weekend of Christmas. I'm actually on call. I, uh, I do maintenance for a uh, housing authority. So I'm on call the week of Christmas. So that weekend I'm pretty shot. And then the following weekend is January 1st. My season's over. So I think I'm going to bust the bow back up. I don't even know if I'm going to muzzle it or hunt, you know, a couple weekends, see what happens. Maybe get another doe in the freezer. My freezer's pretty full though. I'm having a hard time shutting it. Well, these bucks are going to start losing their antlers because we're starting to see them already. We had a pretty mature buck that a friend of ours was after and uh, they, he went in to go in and walking in, and he found his antler. Come on. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's deer number two. Yeah. I've heard of I've a heard couple of down season. here dropping already. People are finding match sets around here. Down there? Yeah. The big There's a guy just down the road from us that, that he lives for sheds, and he's already found two full match sets. So. And you guys are normally behind us. Way beyond. Yeah. Wow. The big guys That's must crazy. have had a hell of a good rut. <laughs> yeah, because this this is a monster deer. This is an old school deer for sure. This yeah. deer's big mature buck. And yep. uh, he lost one. So it is what it is. Yeah. Certainly. And then it's uh getting killing some coyotes. Yeah. We got uh squirrel coming up first. Squirrel, though, right? squirrel competition. Listen, I'm not trying to brag, but I got a couple big ones patterned on my trail cameras. <laughs> so I got them pretty dialed in about 10 quarter after 10 in the morning. He comes through. So <laughs> I'm on them on the quarter moon, <laughs> the, right. the waning quarter. <laughs> That's right. I'm actually going to have a squirrel moon app coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there, Steve. I'm glad we could finally get you on here and uh, put you through the torture that you created. It's been a yeah, great time. So one thing to listen, but you get this hot mic in front of you. You're like, blah, 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 blah. What, what? I don't know what to say next. Wow. Through my hands. <laughs> there you go. So it was fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Keep it up. You guys are doing a good job. No problem, brother. We'll have you back on here soon to wrap up the season. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. Definitely look forward to that. You guys can catch us over on the regular podcast for that when it happens. And uh, thanks again for enjoying another Tales from the Tailgate. 